You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Rise and shine, people. It is a Monday, November the 20th, here on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. And let me tell you, it is not a normal Monday. It is one of the best Mondays of the entire year because we have been waiting at long last for a great primetime matchup. And tonight, we finally get it. We will be talking Monday Night Football uh, here in a couple segments here on the Daily Tip as the Eagles and Chiefs square off tonight. But first, uh, in this hour, we will do a little MVP Monday. Who had the best weekend across the entire sports landscape? Maybe they get like a Christmas ornament or something for their time. And then it's NBA Monday. We have a plethora of games to handicap which ones are the best and which ones you should stay far, far away from. That is at 720 coming up on the show. And Jenks, we have talked about investing on the show Here's one industry where I feel like we should still be investing in. Whoever makes ring lights. I was at a restaurant this weekend, and once again, I saw somebody bring their own ring light and do a TikTok dance while waiting in line to sit down at a restaurant. I would say that you don't, you know, buy in when the stock is already pretty high, but it still feels like people are making their own videos, and there's just, like, new spawns of a new generation that continue to make these TikTok videos. So are we going to invest in ring lights? No, I'm not. I won't do it. <laughs> Somebody, I cannot, I, I cannot in good conscience support something that will encourage people to go to restaurants and bring <sighs> a ring light. What are we doing? Come on. At some point, if you're a restaurant, a respectable establishment, you got to get in there and say, hey, no ring lights, all right? No dogs. You can't bring in your Doberman. You can't bring in your ring light, and you got to wear a shirt. Standards matter. <laughs> you, I mean, if you want to bring in your phone and you want to shoot something, I get it. You get your food. Oh, here's me with the crew. If you're setting up a ring light and you're doing a dance, like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to a restaurant and watch people do a TikTok dance. Oh, my. I don't care if that sounds old or not. There are some there are some places which need to be kept away from where we're heading digitally and where here's the thing. The more you allow this, the more that common courtesy starts to slowly start to wane. 
because people just forget about their surroundings. They forget there are other people there trying to have an experience as well. So no, I'm not for the ring light at all. Especially at restaurants when you're just trying to eat your chicken critters in peace at the Texas Roadhouse. Like I don't want my mouth and my molars and your TikTok video. But from a journalistic standpoint, Jenks, Mm -hmm. do you ever remember this? Maybe, I don't know if you ever did news or anything that required you to film in a business. Do you remember you used to have to get permission to film within a business? And a lot of times they would say no. So as a former journalist, I guess we kind of are still in the world of journalism. This makes me question it as well, because nobody asks anybody for their permission to be in their videos. Like, what's going on here? The decline of society. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, no, when I, I worked in news quite a bit back when I was in Austin and I would do news feature stories and occasionally when they need me, my news director would pull me out of sports and say, Hey, I need you to go cover like a tornado or something like that. And it got pretty hairy there at times, but you're completely right. When it comes to a place of business, you don't have carte blanche to just walk in and start turning on a camera. I remember when I was in Boston a few years ago and we were doing a story that involved Gillette razors and we were in their parking lot talking to employees as they came out because we had to get the shot. It said world shaving headquarters. I'm, I don't even think they're in that building anymore, but I thought, how can we not get a shot of a sign that says world shaving headquarters when we're doing a story on Gillette stadium and the Patriots and how it all goes in together and playoff beards and all that. So we got a couple of great interviews from these guys walking off into the parking lot after their shifts. But it was about 10 minutes after that when security came out and said, you guys don't have permission to be here. You need to leave immediately. And we did because that was their right. So just because you walk in somewhere doesn't necessarily give you the right to turn on a camera and start filming. Yeah, but people do it anyway. I remember having to go across the street from locations and filming like some field. And this is back when people actually had shame. So there you are filming your dinky little stand-up and people are just staring at you. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I work for a TV station, damn it. If only we were doing stand-ups in the generation of everybody filming themselves. They would be like, go off, queen. You're doing great. But no, <laughs> yeah. we lived in the era of shame. So we were in the wrong era when it came to those stand-ups. But let's look at the weekend and see who had the best weekend across the entire sports landscape, because that's what we're here for, to talk a little sports. MVP Monday. I mean, I can think of at least one instance where something probably shouldn't have been uh, recorded when we were all together, but did, and it turned out to be very hilarious, so... There's yeah, that. nobody's going to sue me for Jenks Matthew McConaughey-style <laughs> speech a la Friday Night Lights when we were all taking jello shots. But that was between friends, you know? That's, that's right. a different community. I did not put it on the local news. I and mean, that's why I pay Chelsea $150 a month, you know, just to make sure that video <laughs> never gets out. On retainer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was about to say, I'm sure I'm sure something was exchanged there. But let's get to our nominees for this Monday MVP. Nominee number one, Bo Nix, Oregon Ducks. Ninth play of the drive. Nix fakes the pass over the middle cut. End zone touchdown. Patrick Herbert for six for the Ducks. 
Knicks went 24 of 29 for 404 yards and six touchdowns all in the first half. Ducks destroy Arizona State 49 to 13. Nominee number two, as much as it pains me to do this, Appalachian State beats previously unbeaten James Madison 26 to 23 in overtime to give the Dukes their first loss of the season with game day and ESPN and Pat McAfee. You're all to blame for that loss. But yes, Appalachian State gets the nominee. Nominee number three, Brock Purdy, San Francisco 49ers. Going deep down the sideline for you. He's got it, and he's gone. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk is on fire! House call, baby! What a throw from Brock Purdy. You'd have thought that they had just won the Super Bowl. It's just great, though. Purdy <laughs> oh, goes 21 God. for 25 for 333 yards and three touchdowns. Purdy leads the 49ers to a seven, uh, 27 to 14 win over the Buccaneers. And nominee number four, Tommy DeVito, New York Giants. <laughs> Fake to Barkley. And now DeVito connects with Darius Slayton. And Slayton makes a move, takes it into the end zone. He went around Kendall Fuller for a Giants touchdown. 40-yard pass play. DeVito leads the Giants to an upset victory over the Commanders. DeVito goes 18 for 26 for 246 yards and three touchdowns. So, Jenks, who? Oh is your Monday MVP, and you can go off-menu if you'd like, sir. Tommy DeVito, forget about it, Tommy! Hey, I'm a Commanders fan. However, I'll give it to Tommy. You know why? Because there's no way in hell the Giants should have won this game. And by the way, he was sacked like nine times. I'm not making that up. Do you know how hard it is to win a football game? or how bad the other team must be when they sack you nine times and you still find a way to win the game. Commanders also turned over the football six times. It was embarrassing. But this is a guy who was not drafted. I believe I said this statistic last week where he is the first non-drafted quarterback to start in the National Football League since 1987, and that was a strike year. So – I don't know when it's happened before that. So when you come out of nowhere, and I mean out of nowhere, except from New Jersey or wherever you're from, and you lead a team to a victory when you're a 9-10 point dog, when you probably don't have a place in the NFL, I'll say this about Tommy DeVito. He got sacked that many times, and he found holes in the zone, big arm. He'll have this with him forever. I don't think anyone is going to say, oh, my God. 10 years from now, you mean NFL Hall of Famer, Tommy DeVito? No, but he's always going to have this one. Got it done in a big spot. So good on Tommy DeVito. Reluctantly, I'll give it to him. Oh, well, that's nice of you. I do think we had plenty of great candidates for MVP Monday this weekend, but I think I'm going to go off the menu, sir, and I'm going to have a special order because I think a special order is due when somebody on the defensive side of the ball 
has such a stretch that we have seen with Jalen Ramsey. Don't know if you tuned into the Dolphins and Raiders game, but Jalen Ramsey was the game changer here. Not only did he have two interceptions, but they were two massively difficult interceptions and one that sealed the deal for the Miami Dolphins and a game that was probably a lot closer than a lot of people imagined. So this is a narrative changer as well because Jalen Ramsey has been called washed by many fan bases and he's had a bit of an up and down career and a lot of it has had to do with some of the injuries that he has sustained. He has only played three games for the Miami Dolphins. He has three interceptions in three games. If you look at the stats across the league, he's tied for sixth in the league in interceptions and he's only played in three games. So what a stretch from Jalen Ramsey. Do yourself a favor. Watch that final interception in the Dolphins and Raiders game and tell me he is not your MVP of the weekend. So for me, MVP Monday, this Monday, is going to go to Jalen Ramsey of the Miami Dolphins. That is a great choice, both of you. Unbelievably great choices. And you know what? I'm going with the Syracuse legend who transfers to the University of Illinois. He is now in the same breath as Mark Bavaro, Vinny Testaverde as New York legends. Tommy DeVito comes out of nowhere to take the Giants to the promised land. That's right. It's Tommy DeVito. The promised land. Beating the commanders. (laughs) That's right. That's right. The promised land when they didn't think they were going to win another game the rest of the season. Uh, I coming out of nowhere, there was no expect, expectation whatsoever for Tommy DeVito to have a game like this. I honestly didn't see it happening. I thought for sure it was going to be a Saquon Barkley game, which it kind of was, but it was through the past game that he did it. So kudos to Tommy DeVito, the next New York legend. Especially since he has been the punching bag on this show for quite some time. I'm pretty sure we have said, well, his neck job is going to be an auto mechanic in Staten Island. His neck job is going to be a sandwich artist, you know, the local pastrami place. And his next job is going to be, you know, working at the laundromat in New Jersey. So from punching bag to somebody who leads his team to an outright win, Tommy DeVito, you deserve some credit there, brother. But we didn't mention some good ones. Like I said, it was a great weekend across the board for MVP Monday candidates. We didn't say anything about Dorian Thompson Robinson, who I thought had a really good weekend. No, his numbers did not jump off the page, but you saw the emotion on his face. And I think this is something that it's really relatable and it's really something that pulls at your heartstrings. When you see a win mean that much to a young quarterback, It's hard not to root for him. And of course, it was a huge win for the Browns, a team that is now without their starting quarterback for uh, the indefinite rest of the season. So, Jenks, do you think DTR deserved to be in the conversation here? Mm, No. I would say that you give him full credit for what he did. But ultimately, he played... If this game is against someone else, then maybe he doesn't win that game. He was good enough, and he was very solid. But also, he just happened to be taking on another team that couldn't punch it in. So all he had to do was be mega efficient, and the defense was going to do the rest. So I don't want to take too much away from his performance, but I would say he's just on the outside looking at 
Well, he certainly didn't throw five or six touchdowns in the first half alone. So you look at Bo Nix, you're like, mm, why doesn't he get any credit? He does. And I think he's still going to win the Heisman. So maybe he doesn't need MVP Monday. He will get his trophy later on. And I think that award is given in New York City that has a little bit more pomp and circumstance than maybe our award, which maybe we'll send him a gift card to Target or Kmart or an Icy. Those are the awards for MVP Monday. Coming back from the break, it's time to talk a little NBA, examining the slate tonight, some winners and uh, some stayaways next on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we are off and running on this Monday morning. Hope your day is off to a wonderful start. If it's not, maybe we can change the momentum and get you going on the right path. In this segment, we'll take a look at the NBA slate, try to pick some winners. And I'll be honest, it's been tough for us to handicap the NBA because number one, doing it in the morning is extremely challenging when we don't know who's going to be playing and who's going to be a late scratch and say, well, his tummy was hurting. He went out too late last night. He didn't get nine hours of sleep. So we'll see who actually plays <laughs> in the NBA. Um, <laughs> but Jenks, I was just reading this tweet that felt oddly personal. I don't know who retweeted this or why it's okay. on my timeline, but it said, sports betting is a pandemic. Sad deal. Grown men wasting a ton of money and the companies pouring in hundreds of millions into advertising. If you're betting, please stop. Nothing to gain. Even if you do it a little bit, just stop. All right, like let's pump the brakes a bit. It feels like gambling has been a popular punching bag for people yes. with, um, you know, who say they have a moral compass. But I equate it to purchasing a ticket to Disney World. It is not cheap right. sometimes, you know, if you want to put a lot of money on it, but you are paying mm -hmm. for the experience. You're paying for the entertainment of betting. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like anything, it's the same deal as going to the mall. Don't spend more money than you can afford. That is basic common sense. But can we please stop pointing our fingers at sports betting? If you don't want to do it, that's fine. But let the rest of us live. Uh, I, 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 I hate this take because it's so it, it lacks any sort of nuance at all, like anything else in life. And I'm not trying to advocate for everything, but I'm saying, look, if you're going to have drinks, you need to be careful, right? Because you can drink too much on a regular basis. It can become bad for you. If you gamble too much on a regular basis, it can be bad for you. If you eat too much, eat the wrong things on a regular basis, it can be bad for you. There's a ton of things in life where if you overindulge and you don't draw some sort of line, and yes, of course, it becomes problematic. But the idea that, oh, if you gamble, you're spending all this money, I, I have not lost a ton of money gambling at all, not even close. And why? Because I just don't bet that much. Because A, I'm smart enough to know that 
over time, I will probably lose. It is hard to win over time. It's not that you shouldn't bet, but I think we're all aware. We've said it a billion times in the show. If everyone had a crazy amount of success gambling, we'd be on an island somewhere. It doesn't mean you still can't enjoy it. It doesn't mean you still can't win. And that goes for a lot of different things that you can enjoy as long as you have the proper perspective. When I hear hot takes like that, I hear people who sort of leave context out and they look at something in a very black and white way. And that's just a way, it's a huge oversimplification. Right. And any walk of life and any form of entertainment or even like food. And like you said, alcohol, it requires some self-control. But that's just being a human adult is you need to exercise self-control. And I will say off the bat, sometimes it can be difficult knowing how much money to put on games. And I will give you an example. When I first started, you take a, a sum of money that you are willing to lose, like never put more into your sportsbook account than what you are willing to lose because you know it could happen we see how sports work sometimes the biggest of favorites Mm -hmm. lose and you know chaos ensues but say you have like a hundred bucks in your account you only bet like two or three dollars per game so you can play for a longer amount of time it's similar to going to the the low buy-in tables when you're playing craps or roulette like i don't Mm want to go to the places that have the really high minimums because i want to sit at the table and play for the entire night. So it's similar to that. So you are paying for the experience and just make sure you're not placing too much money on one game. And also like, don't put your whole balance on a parlay because there is a good chance that it's not going to hit. I think that's exactly the way to put it, which is, would you like to win money? Of course, absolutely. But what are you really in it for? It's the experience. So I'm the same way. I think it's a perfect example. When I play blackjack, I like to play for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And the only way to do that is to, yeah, you know, you'll play a little bit with whatever you're betting. But the the major way to do that is to not overindulge in your spending. Find a, a lower minimum table and enjoy the experience. Have some drinks. Enjoy the company. Enjoy the thrill of winning. Losing some as well, obviously, and ride it out. Same thing with sports betting. Like, I want to win, of course, but the roller coaster and the adrenaline rush that comes with maybe winning or maybe losing or maybe having a little bit extra on the line, that's part of the appeal. Yeah, and people should be allowed to spend their money however they want. Like, I don't believe in mandating just because some people can't control themselves that we need to try to control everybody, unless we are talking about minors. You know, if you're an adult person, I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to spend your money. So I'm not. Well, if you do want to spend some shekels and you do want to bet some money tonight, this is the sports program for you because we are not going to look down our nose at you. In fact, we will welcome you with open arms. So, of course, gamble responsibly, and especially when it's the NBA and you have landmines lurking at every corner on who's going to play, which team is motivated. But that's what we're trying to figure out when we look at the slate tonight. So let's start off on an NBA Monday looking at the Celtics and the Hornets. We have the Celtics laying nine and a half, total of 232 and a half. And I'll tell you, last year, this was not a spot where the Celtics were good. But it feels like the Celtics have kind of changed the tune this year to where they're starting to cover some big numbers. And I'll say this, the Hornets are not a good team. So, Jenks, do you have a leaning here or a play? Duh. Well, let me just say for the record that I have not made an official NBA play on this show 
so far, and there is good reason for it. I do like, I do like Bucks Wizards over mm. two forty four and a hook. That's such a high number. It's a really high number. But if you look at the trends and how things have sort of sussed out so far this season, I like it. Number one, the Wizards are the third worst defensive team in the entire NBA, ahead of only the Pacers and the Spurs. Washington gives up almost 123 points per game. And surprisingly, the Bucks defense, not that great either. I think they lost a little bit of their defensive juice, if you will, when Drew Holiday got traded. So they rank in the bottom 10 of the NBA as well. And the trends work in your favor as well. Wizards are 8-3 and three to the over this season. Milwaukee is 8-5 and five to the over. I will lean over 244 and a half here in D.C. Such it sounds number. comical, but this was actually a game that I got to watch a little bit of when the Bucks were facing the Mavericks. And mm-hmm. that ended 132 to 125. So the total on that one was a bananas, 247. An extremely high total, but that game still went over the posted total. And that's a Mavericks team that probably has a slower pace and probably a little bit better defense. And I know when you give up 132, maybe it's not the the best calling card for a defense, but still, the Wizards are one of the worst defenses in the league. In fact, from a fantasy perspective, each and every night, it is not a bad idea to take the star player for the opposing team and go over their listed mm-hmm. points prop because fantasy-wise, they're giving up the most points to the opposition of any team. Uh, so I think a lot of this depends on the Wizards. Like, you need the Wizards to hold up their side of the bargain. Last time around, it, it was a much lower scoring affair than I had expected. Uh, they only scored 99 points against the Knicks. But like you said, the defense for the Bucks really has not been their calling card this season. The loss of Drew Holiday and the fact that they added Damian Lillard, who we know can really light up the scoreboard. I would be with you on the over there. Uh, looking at the rest of the card, and I know that it's tough in the NBA and you pick your spots kind of sporadically and just try to see mm-hmm. if there's some good numbers out there. I was trying to decide if any of these are worth a play because I was looking at the Nuggets laying a big number against the Pistons. The Pistons have been pretty bad this year. Like, they're a scrappy team. They have some good young talent. But still, I believe they only have two wins this season. But it's a huge number for this Nuggets team to lay, especially on the road. But I will say the difference here is I kind of like the Nuggets coming off a loss here. And the Nuggets are one of those teams that are usually pretty good on a daily basis. So, Jenks, would you consider the Nuggets here, or is this too big of a number to lay for a Denver team on the road? Well, I did not handicap this game, but I will tell you this, that no number is too high for me to lay when you've got the Pistons playing as poorly as they are. So the Nuggets Mm -hmm. are clearly arguably the best team in the NBA, certainly the reigning NBA champs, everything that goes with that. Now, I would really love this if they were at home because the trend we played all last season was just take Denver and the Mile High City. So I don't love it as much on the road, but I'm not going to talk anyone off of laying single digits on the road against a terrible Pistons team. Okay, here's the trends one because we have two completely different trends on each side of the ball, Rockets and Warriors. We know the story on the Warriors. They have not been covering numbers. And in general, it's just kind of been a tough year for the Warriors so far, or at least the stretch has been uh, where they had Draymond suspended. He is still suspended, but it looks like Steph Curry will be back for this game, as we've seen reflected in the line. The Warriors, seven and a half point home favorites, 
and they have not been good in this position, though. One and six against the number when playing at home this season. And then you look at the Rockets, who have been surprisingly good so far this season, at least against the spread. Seven, three, and one against the number. So this is a big number here. Do you take a chance on the Rockets and continue to fade the public who generally likes betting on the Warriors? Absolutely. This number's way too high. Almost absurdly high which makes me worry but there's no way i would lay this number with the warriors they've lost six straight draymond's still out they suck at covering the number at home you've talked about that and also i understand the rockets are starting to slip a touch after their red hot start to the season but i do think with certain teams and the warriors are one of those teams even now because of their championship reputation you always sort of pay a premium on the Warriors because who doesn't mm-hmm. want to lay the points with the Warriors and watch Steph get the ball and potentially, hopefully, hypothetically, go off and then you can cheer for Golden State. It's not sexy to bet the Rockets, a team that has been abysmal for so long, and say, I'm going to grab the points with Houston. But there is no way. There's no way I'm laying this number with the Warriors. And when Steph himself has a quote in the past two days, it says, I need to get away from the, quote, stink of the locker room. Just, he wasn't talking about an actual smell. He's just saying they have a lot of issues right now. There's no way I'm laying this number. It's crazy because one would think that even with Draymond Green out, so you still have Chris Paul that can come in, be their point guard. You know, he was a great add and somebody who is good off the bench. But still, yeah. I think it's just a case of the number being too high. The sabotage factor is at some point the market is going to catch up to the Rockets because, like I said, they've been really good against the spread. 7-0-1 against the spread in their last eight. And they also did play a game last night. In the NBA, sometimes betting a team coming off a back-to-back can be tricky. But this is a young team. And I don't think motivation is going to be an issue because usually those are the teams that are like fading off a back to back because usually there is a chance that the star players aren't playing because, you know, they don't want to play back to back. Uh, mm-hmm. The Rockets coming off a 105 to 104 loss to the Lakers, but they did cover as six point dogs, but maybe because they're younger, they can at least keep it with seven and a half points of the Warriors who have been god awful and a terrible bet so far this year. Are there any other games you looked at, Jenks? Because I don't want to throw you another curveball. Uh, I'll say one that I looked at was the Kings and the Pelicans. And you can mm-hmm. try to steer me in the right direction because so far the Kings have looked like the regular season team that we saw last year. Excellent. Out of the gates. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis coming off a, a huge game last night, but also they're coming off a back-to-back. And I have seen the majority of the bets actually land on the Pelicans in this one. Kings, Pelicans, Kings land a point and a half. Would it take you off the Kings when you see the majority of the bets on the other side? I'm just not seeing it. No, I'm not seeing it either. I I, I would stay away from that one, even though I would lean Kings. But yeah, I saw that as well. So I'm probably not going to bet that. I was thinking of, this is so reckless and I'm not going to do it. But I was thinking <laughs> Nuggets money do line it. plus Clippers. Do it. do it. Do it. Do it. Nuggets money line, Clippers money line is minus oh, 165. Pistons have lost. Trusting the straight. Clippers? That's the mm. thing. Do you want the Spurs have lost <laughs> straight? But do you trust? It's not the Nuggets. The Nuggets are going to be fine. Do you trust the LA Clippers to beat the Spurs? I don't, no. I don't know if I do. I don't think I can do it. I was trying to find one that I liked, and that's what I came up with. 
Everything else I found was too expensive. Minus 165 is right there at that threshold. I can't do it because I guarantee you San Antonio win that game and blow it up. But that's the only other creative way I was trying to bet the NBA. And I just can't justify it. I can't do it. I think I laughed out loud when I saw these two teams were the matchup today. Because, man, have the Spurs been really bad. And I know all the hype surrounding Wimby has been astronomical, but this team has lost eight straight games while only covering in one of them. Well, they get the Clippers, who have lost, I think, six of their last seven. So something's got to give. One of these teams has to win, but I don't have to be putting any of my hard-earned money on it. I will not do it. The battle of two terrible teams against the number won't be betting. All right, got to get to break. Monday Night Football analysis next. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Rise and shine, people. We've got a great Monday Night Football matchup ahead of us tonight as the Eagles and Chiefs square off in a rematch of the Super Bowl. We've got a short spread. We've got a relatively high total. I'm ready for this game, Jinx. I am going to have to take a nap so I can watch most of it because I think this is the most challenging part of like the time change is when it gets dark at, you know, 4.30 p.m., And you're like, okay, it's almost time for the Monday night game when it's not. And you still have to wait like three hours for the game to start. So I don't know if my body's just so in tune to the sun, but when it's dark for that long, I just feel like it's time to go to bed. And like we go to bed pretty early, but do you Mm -hmm. find yourself fighting being tired earlier in the night because of the time change? Absolutely. I just feel like that your body, like your body has an internal clock, right? And your body naturally wants to, like wants to fall asleep when it gets darker. Now, I understand that maybe you don't want to fall asleep at 530. But for someone who, like me in particular, that goes to bed super early anyway, it makes it even harder for me to stay up. So yeah, I feel that all the time on a regular basis. Yeah, so I'm going to have to take a nap so I can stay up and watch at least the first half of this game because I actually want to watch it, which is more than that could be said for some of these primetime matchups. Uh, we have had a whole host of really bad matchups between like the Jets and the Raiders and the Packers. Yeah. But now we finally have a good, good game. And I'm very interested to see number one, the total on this game because primetime hunters have been an absolute wagon. I believe they're 26 and eight to start the year. And eventually, I think the pendulum is going to swing the other way. And I think a lot of it has to do with the matchups that we have been handed. Some of these really bottom of the barrel offenses. But it's not the case tonight as we have the Chiefs and the Eagles, who we all know, even though it is a tough defensive matchup, they have the pieces on their teams to beat even the toughest of matchups. Because when you look at guys like Patrick Mahomes and A.J. Brown and Travis Kelsey, these are matchup breakers. Even if the other team is really good on defense, there is still a worry in the back of your mind that, okay, yeah, they have a great defense, but this team is so top tier at this one position that nobody would be shocked if they continue to pile up the points. So let's look at this matchup from the X's and O's and say, okay, number one, who do we think wins this game? 
because there are a lot of trends that go in the favor of the Kansas City Chiefs here. They're playing at home. They're fantastic off a of bye week. Uh, Andy Reid, 15-9 and nine against the spread when coming off a bye. And I think it's even better straight up, and we're talking about a, a short point spread here. So, Jenks, let's start with this. Who do we think wins the okay. game? I like the Chiefs. I will take the Chiefs on the money line. I think it's going to be a very close game. And you mentioned that Andy Reid stat, which is incredibly telling. Coming off a bye week with the Chiefs, Andy Reid is 21-3 and straight up. That is a remarkable trend. So I'm not just going to follow this trend blindly because I do believe this will be a close game. I think the under is going to hit as well. I think it's going to go back and forth. I think we're going to see the Eagles, particularly coming off a of bye week as well, be more aggressive than maybe they are. They, they're already aggressive on fourth down with the tush push. We know all of that. I think we see even more aggression in this game because they're going to have to find a way to hang with the Chiefs. But ultimately, this is about the Chiefs' defense to me. The Chiefs' offense is not as explosive as it has been in previous years. It's still obviously one of the best in the game because you have Mahomes. But this is the Chiefs' defense, which allows less than 16 points per game, 15.9 exactly. That is the best in football. So if you asked anyone, hey, which defense in the NFL allows the fewest points per game, I think a lot of people would be shocked to hear it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I do think that's going to be the difference here. So I'm going Chiefs on the money line. Open at minus 145, currently sitting at minus 150 at BetMGM. I think if you shop around too, you can probably find maybe, maybe a price that's a touch more palatable as well. I do think that's probably the direction that I lean. And, of course, this is a rematch mm -hmm. of the Super Bowl, which was a close game. The Chiefs, of course, winning that one 38-35. to 35. But you've got to remember that this Eagles team is not the same team that played in the Super Bowl last year. They're working in new coordinators. They lost some pieces on their defense. Their secondary is nowhere as formidable as we saw last year. In fact, when I was looking at the fantasy matchup and saying, okay, which props am I looking at? Surprisingly, the Eagles were one of the worst teams, or I guess the best teams, if you're playing an opposing wide receiver. So uh, from a prop standpoint, is there any player specifically that you would look at here? Because I'm not going to lie. I think I started by looking at Jalen Hurts, who had a big game mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl despite the loss. I do like a Jalen Hurts prop. And, of course, you want to make sure your props align with your picks. But you can get Jalen Hurts over eight and a half carries at minus 110. Now you're saying, hey, weren't you just talking about how good that Chiefs defense is? Yeah, I was. But this is not a yardage prop. This is a carries prop. So if you look at the totality of the season, Jalen Hurts has gone over eight and a half carries and seven of nine games. And I know he's been a little banked up. But if you talk about how injuries are going to help someone over the course of a couple weeks, an extra week layoff. This is this is a layoff that will certainly help Jalen Hurts. This guy's so tough, and he's been just pushing through, pushing through, pushing through. But if game script is a thing, and if the Eagles need a play late, I would not be surprised at Jalen Hurts taking off out of the pocket under pressure and trying to make something happen. I think he hits this, and it's only minus 110. So over eight and a half carries for Jalen Hurts. I looked at his yardage prop because I do think there is a chance that he can exceed this by a lot. Because in the Super Bowl, we saw a lot of Jalen Hurts using his feet. He ran for 70 yards and three touchdowns. So I think if you're looking for an anytime touchdown, 
Jalen Hurts is the way to go. He has scored a touchdown in four of his last five with his feet. We all know the tush push, the brotherly shove is one of the hardest plays to defend in the NFL. And I think that's probably a worth a look here, especially at plus money. Jalen Hurts to record a touchdown with his feet is plus 125. I guess he could catch a touchdown pass too, but uh, probably more likely that he's going to run it in. Uh, granted, if you like the Chiefs, maybe not a correlating bet, but still, I think when you go against a good defense, usually quarterback rushing plays are a solid option. The only thing that sucks for Jalen Hurts is that it's hard to make a case for it just because he hasn't had some major rushing games, or at least they have been very inconsistent. Because tonight the number is relatively high at 36 and a half. If you look at his game logs, he's only hit this uh, in two of his last five games. Granted, last time around against the Cowboys, uh, had 36 rushing yards. But also, he's somebody coming off a bye and somebody who should be a little bit less banged up. We know he's had issues with that knee so I do think that if there is a first down to be had and we see some pressure coming from that Chiefs defense, I think Jalen Hurts takes off and run, and runs. So I think either is anytime touchdown prop, his rushing props uh, are worth a look. Let's look at the total here because, of course, I'm always trying to do same game parlays for the primetime games. And I was thinking, okay, how do I involve a total here when it feels like this game could really go in either direction. You look at the defense. We've talked about the Chiefs allowing the the fewest points per game of any defense in the league. But also, these are two great offenses. And both two teams coming off the bye. One would think their head coaches have a pretty solid game plan, at least for the offenses. So, Jinx, with a total sitting at 45 and a half, do we have a leaning on which way this might go? Well, I have a lean. Will it go that way, Chelsea? I have no idea. Oh, look how good I look streaming right now. If you're tuning in, you're looking at a guy pushing 50. Look at these shadows. Someone send me a ring light immediately. Immediately. <laughs> yes, I like the under is what I like in this game. I mentioned that Chiefs defense and how talented they are at getting to the quarterback. Chiefs offense, still very good but not quite as explosive in previous years. Really, the scoring is down in the NFL this season overall. Yes, you've heard it before on this show. Primetime unders hit at about a 60% rate. But you mentioned this earlier, and this is something I always look at, and I forgot to do it this morning, is that the weather in Kansas City is going to be cold. That's not a big deal. The wind is what is a big deal. If you're talking about gusts up to 20 miles an hour, of course that affects throwing the football. So, in the cold and wind, particularly when I like the under anyway, and I like that Chiefs defense and the way that they are playing, then I would say that the under is to play. The look-ahead number for this total was around 49. Money has pushed this down to 45 on a hook. I like the under. Yeah, I think that's probably the way to go. And if you're doing a same-game parlay, maybe you bump it up uh, a few points, you take six points in your favor, and then you hit the under and add it to your same-game parlay. But I don't know. Both of these offenses are still fully capable of a shootout, so that's always in the back of my mind because both these teams are still very, very good. All right, so we have to talk about the elephant in the room, at least from a betting perspective. We all know everyone's talking about the Kelseys and the Swifts meeting, at least Ugh. the parents at the game tonight. But what sucks from a betting standpoint is that it feels like you are never going to get a bargain ever again 
on Travis Kelsey because he is a good player. He is probably the best tight end in the league. I probably would take probably out of that equation. He is the best tight end in the league. So looking at his prop of 75 and a half yards, or even his anytime touchdown bet, which I believe is minus money, but we know he is a favorite target in the end zone of Patrick Mahomes. Do you think it is still worth betting on Travis Kelsey, even though the market is clearly uh, a little skewed on Taylor Swift's boyfriend? Ugh. Can I bet on the Swift family and the Kelsey family getting into a fight and plus money <laughs> and all of a sudden they cut away to a booth or a suite and like, oh my, and there is who, there is some sort of ruckus going on and it looks like Travis Kelsey's mother is throwing bows. That's what I want to see. Yes, I do think there is value on Travis Kelsey. I can't believe I'm saying that. I think the Swifty, the Swifty, all the rage over them watching football, they're probably going back to just maybe checking the box score or something. And I think that value has sort of come back to the number now. If it's only 75 on a hook for Travis Kelsey, believe it or not, in a game like this, total set at 45 and a half, even though I do like the over. I think when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes' primary weapon, I like that number actually. Yeah, even though they've set it pretty high. He's only hit this number in two games so far this season. So we'll see if he puts on a clinic for the future in-laws, the Swifts. All right, we've got to get to break. Up next here on The Daily Tip, uh, we will talk a little NBA, our favorite games, coming your way next on The Daily Tip. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.